Good morning. Last Sunday, we accompanied the people of Israel in the wilderness. Having been freed from their slavery in Egypt, they began their journey toward a new land and a new life. Not by the shortest or the most direct route, but on a roundabout way through the wilderness. Leading the way on this meandering route was God. The journey was sometimes difficult. A variety of significant challenges presented themselves along the way. But all the way, God assured the people of his presence. And God guided their wandering by day and by night through a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire that went in front of them to show the way. That's where we were last Sunday. And that brings us up to where we are this Sunday, where we find the people of Israel. We find them today sitting on the banks of the Jordan, finally at the end of the wilderness wandering. Yes, there was an end to the wilderness wandering. They are ready to embark on a new stage of their lives together. They have reached a major threshold, and now it's time for them to step through the door. The question is, how will they move into this new chapter of life? How are they going to maintain a solid sense of who they are and what they're about as they move into this new place? Moses must have known. I mean, he seemed to understand that successful transition is aided by adequate preparation. And so, as the book of Deuteronomy opens, Moses takes steps to prepare the people for what lies ahead. And he does this by sitting the people down in the wilderness and retelling the story of how God was living and moving among them. He retells the story of what God has done for them, how when they were beaten down by ruthless slave drivers, God heard their cries and freed them from their oppression. Then, throughout the rest of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses reviews the covenant relationship between God and God's people, what God has done for Israel and what God expects Israel to do in return, so that, so that they might continue to live in freedom. In other words, as the people of Israel prepared to enter this new land, this new life, all the challenges that lay ahead, they are to remember who they are. Remember who you are. How many of you grew up hearing that phrase? Some of you? Yeah? How many of you repeat it to their chil your children as they walk out the door? This phrase has a history in my own family. It appears to have been off-quoted by my grandfather. My grandfather was a farmer. He was a pastor at a rural Mennonite church in Illinois. And he was a father of eight children. And the story goes like this. As his children grew to be teenagers, young adults, and would be leaving the house for the evening to be with their friends, he would say, remember who you are. I think my grandfather felt that if his children 
remembered who they were, if they remembered their family and the values with which they'd been raised, well, they might have a better chance of staying out of trouble. Remember who you are. It was powerful advice that my grandfather's children, my mother and her brothers and sisters still talk about family gatherings. And it's the same advice that we find Moses giving his people, the people of Israel, in this morning's passage in Deuteronomy. As they prepare to walk out of the door of the wilderness into this new land, he tells them, remember who you are. And, you know, I think that's a good word for us this morning as a congregation, as we prepare for the new chapter that lies ahead of us here. Now, when my grandfather told his children, remember who you were, I'm pretty sure they heard it maybe as a warning, for sure, as heavy expectation. Don't bring shame to your family. But, you know, I prefer to hear it as invitation, a life-giving invitation. Whenever we enter the waters of challenge and change, we find our sense of center. We find our orientation for the journey as we remember who we are. Sounds good, right? Makes sense? But what exactly does that mean? For Moses, Helping his people remember who they were involved reminding them of the way that they were to live. A way that would preserve their freedom. A way that was meant for their lasting good. But he doesn't simply hand the people a set of rules. He grounds their calling. He grounds their way of life in their story particularly in their story of how God has been with them and what God has done for them throughout their history. And that's what I'd like for us to think about this morning, wherever we happen to find ourselves on this beautiful, beautiful day. How is it that we might engage in remembering who we are? Well, for the gathered body of Christ here in this place, but also all throughout the world, A primary opportunity to remember who we are comes each time that we gather for worship. Through the songs that we sing, through the scriptures that we hear, through the prayers that we pray, through the stories that we learn, through the gifts that we share, we remember who and perhaps most importantly, whose we are. We remember that it is God who gives us life, who created us in God's very image and said, it is good. We remember how when we wandered far from God and marred that image of God within us, that Jesus came to dwell among us and to love us even unto death so that that image might be restored. And we remember the spirit of the living Jesus who continues to dwell in us and among us, empowering us and healing us and helping us to grow into the likeness of God. This is the good news of what God has done for us. This is the story that we come together every Sunday to remember and to celebrate. 
that God has gone to great lengths to draw us into his love because God loves us beyond our imagining. And as we remember and as we celebrate the story, something happens to us. The story enters in. It shapes us. It molds us and it opens us. And this is in the words of East Chestnut Street's purpose statement. It opens us to be transformed by God's mercy, grace, and love. Remembering who we are also happens as we share this transforming story with others. Moses was especially concerned that the story of what God had done for the people of Israel not be lost, that it be passed down from generation to generation. He tells them, when your children ask you about the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God has commanded you, Tell them the story. Tell them the story of what God has done for you. This congregation at East Chestnut Street also cares deeply about passing on this story. And so we share the story with our children. In fact, one of this congregation's stated purposes is to introduce our children and our neighbors to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so we invest in, we organize Sunday school classes and mentoring programs and activities for our children and youth because we want our children and our youth to learn the story and to make it their own. I also sense that this congregation desires to share this story with our neighbors here in the city and also beyond because God's story of love is for whoever needs a word of hope. It's for whoever needs to know that they are beloved children of God who cherishes them deeply, no matter what. Interestingly enough, those of us retelling the story are impacted as well. As we articulate the story in our own words, in our own way, the story comes to life again. You know how that is when you tell the story of something significant that's happened to you? You, you relive it and you explore its meaning, re-explore its meaning, and sometimes the meaning becomes more clear. And often the retelling, when it is received tenderly by a caring other, opens the way to new perspectives and to healing and to growth. We also remember who we are as we enact, as we live out the faith story of which we are a part. Moses understood this as he prepared the people of Israel to enter the promised land. After reminding them of what God had done for them, he reminds them of the covenant that God had made with them. God had been faithful to his people. God had delivered them from the hands of their oppressors and he had led them safely through the wilderness. And now, now God wanted his people to be faithful to him. Now for the people of Israel, faithfulness to God meant obeying God's commandments. The essence of which we find earlier in chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, verses 4 and 5. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. This commandment, a commandment that's rooted in a relationship with a loving and faithful God, was the foundation for the character and the conduct of the people of Israel. And it was the commandment on which all of the other commandments rested. And we hear Jesus reiterating this message when he's questioned about the greatest of all the commandments. He affirms that loving God with all that we are, with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, and our minds, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. This is our highest calling. I personally choose to receive this calling as a gift. Not so much as demand, but as a gift. It's a gift that leads to freedom. Freedom from selfishness, from rivalry, from greed, from hate. It's a gift that leads to wholesome, fruitful, meaning-filled lives. It is a gift that is offered to us for our lasting good. And perhaps most importantly, as we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and as we live out our love for our neighbor who is near at hand or far away, we remember who we are and who we are called to be. And we join in the story that God is continuing to weave among us and in our world. Because our abundantly creative God is still at work. And as we enact our faithfulness to God, we enter into and become part of the story that God is still creating among us. Here at East Chestnut Street, um, the time is right for us to pause a bit and to remember who we are. You know, in some ways, we're sitting on the banks of the Jordan, looking over at the other side, wondering what lies ahead. But before we rush over to the other side, we need to be ready. And part of the process of getting ready is to sit for a spell and remember who we are. Where have we come from? Where are we now? What's important to us? What do we value above all else? Where has God been working in our midst? And finally, where do we sense God calling us into the future? This is important work. This kind of remembering will help us know where we're headed and how it is that we need to get there. To help facilitate this process of remembering, a conversation team is being formed with persons from this congregation um, to work with me. This is somebody, something I've asked for, a group to work with me in helping us remember and to reflect on who we are. For starters, I hope to be visiting along with someone from the conversation team all the adult Sunday school classes as well as the MYF and the junior youth in the next several months here to give you a chance to get to know me, 
but also to give you opportunity to remember and reflect on who you are. This will be opportunity to reflect on the life of this congregation, to name how you have experienced God working among you as a community of faith, to give voice to what it is that you value, and to name the things that you may be concerned about as this congregation moves into the future. I look forward to this process of, for me, it will be a great way to get to know you better and to get to know this congregation as a body better. And I also look forward to the potential benefits for this congregation because I believe our remembering together will keep us centered. During this time of transition, it will keep us mindful from whom we come and for whom we are created and who we are called to be, regardless of who the pastor is. I also believe it will help us gather courage for the future. As we face the unknown, we are reassured as we remember God's faithfulness to us. God has been faithful to us in the past. God is with us and is faithful to us now. And God will faithfully lead us into the future. My hope and prayer is that this time of remembering will be a rich time for us all. May it ground us more deeply in God's love. May it shape us as we tell and retell the story of God's faithfulness. May it help us see more clearly where we've come from and where we're going. And may it give us courage to welcome the journey ahead.